This is the Brisbane Football Review with your host, James Coglin. The best ideas come about 20 seconds too late in my experience. Scott Owen. There's a mute button, people, don't worry. And Adam Pace. Well, look, I'm going to feel like you know, I, I, I'm going to shot Barbie's mother. Starting now. The clouds are gathering in the sky, and that can only mean one thing. Yes, a new NPL Queensland season is on the verge of kicking off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Brisbane Football Review for this late February evening. It is James Scott and Adam with you as we look ahead to what is bound to be an eventful local season as we commence season number 11, I believe, of the National Premier Leagues in Queensland. And yes, well, looking at the weather forecast in true local football fashion, it's meant to be raining, but that shouldn't dampen our enthusiasm. Adam, you're fresh off the high seas. How was your NPL off-season? Well, off-season. <laughs> no, um, yeah, from NPL point of view, it's good to see the local game back. Obviously, uh, the good thing going into this preview that we've got a little bit of uh, form guy going through with uh, two rounds of, so three rounds of, of, uh, two and a half. Yeah, oh yeah, well, two and a half from the uh, washout of uh, Kappa Pro Series as well for both MPL and FQPL. So we've got a little bit of form line, but then again, I don't know how much you can really take into it with the season proper kicking off this weekend. Yeah, that'll be an interesting uh, thing in about a month when we realise some of those results might have actually been a harbinger of science to come, and in other cases it was just teams treating these games like a bit of a pre-season friendly. Scott, you're still here. How are you? I am still here, James. How are you? Uh, I I will apologise for sounding a little bit like I'm uh, auditioning for a remake of The Nanny, but uh, the joys of running myself into the ground during Super Bowl fortnight have uh, started to finally catch up to me, and that's why I was also glad to have the weekend off commentating for FQ as well. But anyway... And we'll we're apologising. I will apologise for my cough, which will no doubt make a regular appearance on this season preview. Yeah, well, look. Here's what we do. We're going to soldier on, Adam. You've. I'm been not in full. Tr- I'm not in full season mode. I'm in um, pro series, pre-season form at the moment. I'll be ready by the weekend. If I sa- if I hear. start Adam, swaying from side to side, you'll know why. Yeah, you've just been uh, on the high seas <laughs> schmoozing with some of uh, Australia's more notable sports stars, haven't you? Uh, sporting greats, yes, I have. Uh, it was uh, very very good to uh, meet uh, Brett Lee, Adam Goods, and uh, Kari Webb. Amongst amongst others, uh, yeah. But that was a really, a really sort of a, a good, good relaxing getaway for a week. But uh, yep, back in the swing of things now for our season uh, proper, which is uh, the MPL season. And look, there's no shortage of photos that we've seen uh, on your accounts over the last few weeks. But I will say once again, I am incredibly jealous that you got to meet Brett Lee. He was one of my favourite yeah. bowlers to watch uh, through the. 2000s, but anyway. Was that before or after he went after Piers Morgan in the Nets down in Melbourne a few years ago? Oh, that was a long time before. I'm just a big fan of any bowl that could hit 160Ks with uh, steaming regularity. But this is a football show, and uh, we've got a lot to get through. We've got 24 clubs to preview across the two top divisions in the NPL Benz. You can go back and listen to our women's season preview, which we recorded before round one a while ago, uh, before Adam went on his holiday. But... In the meantime, let's start off with the NPL Queensland. We're going to run through these clubs in alphabetical order. Just briefly go through the ins and outs before offering our season predictions. And uh, let's start off with Brisbane City. Uh, It's been a 
pretty solid bit of recruitment. They've started to announce their signings on their socials, but if you've seen their Kappa Pro Series games, you'll know they brought in some pretty strong firepower across the side. Uh, some of the names that really do stand out, the goalkeeper, Carl Pector, Jesse Rigby in midfield, and uh, I, I commentated their opening Pro Series game against Olympic, and I spent the first 15 minutes trying to make sure that the James Meredith that was playing in central defence was in fact former Socceroo James Meredith, and from what I could tell from the booth at Cooperoo, it was. That is a huge get, isn't it, Adam? It is. It's a, it's a huge get, and uh, yeah, not with those names as well some very very young uh young talent as well with the uh with the inclusions of Pinchel Powers young gun Sodom World Mariam and Malachi Love Samira who really sort of ran out of side in addition to some of the local some of the sort of the uh so the stalwarts of the club including uh Kai Bolton and Matt Jones who also resigned so they they are a very very interesting prospect this season I think uh I, it's going to come down. I think with, I think the theme is going to be for a lot of these teams. And when we talk about MPL, is that it's going to be about the crucial wins and losses, and also as well, it's going to be uh, about you know who can keep their side sides healthiest. Because at the um, at the end of the day, I think the margins are going to be that fine between the top six to eight teams. Now, I think we're in for a fantastic season. I think Brisbane City, first cap of the rank, are definitely one side that could be right in the reckoning. Yeah, two things that really stand out for me about this side. Carl Dodd, we know he's an ambitious coach. Uh, He'll certainly try and drive this side to achieve everything that they can. And it feels like a lot of the departures that they've had, they've actively gone out to try and fill those holes as well. Daniel Bowles uh, has retired, I believe, from the NPL this season. He'll be watching on uh, just as a fan this season. And congratulations on the new addition to his family as well. But um, yeah, it seems like you replace Daniel Bowles with James Meredith. You've also got Jack- Jackson Simkin, who is a very promising young player. Uh, Jesse Rigby can also play central defence. And also someone from your neck of the woods, Adam, Matt Richardson. Mm. That's going to be a very tough defence to uh, break down, Scott. It is a very good backline, actually. So the loss of Daniel Bowles has been well and truly covered by the experience of James Meredith, you mentioned, and also Matt Richardson at the back. I think that's a really nice combination. So one part of that great wall of Brendale has moved on we'll see how that affects them when we get to them later on but at the other end of the field transition is where the MPL's really gone in terms of getting the ball and then attacking quickly as soon as you get it and having Weldemarium, Malachi Lovesmere and Kai Bolton three really quick attacking players in that front third gives City a real point of difference they didn't really have last year they had some very good attacking players with McQuarse and Thurtell and players like that but they weren't the lightning quick speed that Lovesmere and Weldemarium bring so now that they've got that additional threat in the front third, I think they can be a very, very dangerous team. If they play against someone who likes a lot of the ball, get the ball back and hit in transition could be a real weapon this year for Brisbane City. And those two guys up Peninsula Power the last two years have been, have grown and grown and grown. So now we'll see how they go at Brisbane City as a combination. Yeah, love Samira, a junior from Brisbane City as well. So uh, certainly a lot to like about what they're building there at Imperial Corp Stadium or Spencer Parker's some might call it, but I'll try and stick to the official name as often as I can. Oh, undisputedly the best pizza and ribs in the land of football in Queensland? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I haven't really got much more to add uh, beyond that. Uh, so let's move on now. We've got the Brisbane Raw youth team, which is the under-20s for all accounts. And, uh, well, look, 
let's be honest, the Kappa Pro Series hasn't gone great for them uh, so far. There was a 12-1 loss to Gold Coast Knights on a rescheduled Tuesday night. Uh, 5-1 loss to St. George Willowong. But on the weekend, they did uh, manage to defeat t- uh, Southwest Queensland Thunderscott. They did a good win up in Toowoomba on the weekend to get their first win in that competition. But it's a young group, isn't it? We know that the Raw Youth, it's always a young group, but this, this seems like it's a particularly young group. And it's also, I think, the first... Is this the first year they've had back with the seniors and 23s, the full academy situation? Is, or is that, was that last year? I've, they've been so many changes I've completely forgotten. But... It's a very young group that they've got there at the Raw this year. They've kind of augmented it with some of the fringe A-League players we've seen. Ryland Brownlee play in these games. Shea Cahill has played. So a couple of those players have played, and we'll probably see them play a bit in this competition as well. But it is a young group, and it's a, the beginning of a new cycle. For them, so we'll see how they go in in this season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, how concerned we are to be about after that 12-1 uh, defeat to uh, Gold Coast Knights. We know Gold Coast Knights are probably the standard bearers of the, tri- the triple champions, but uh, yeah, it's not a good sign uh, them shipping 12 goals uh, in that regard. Yeah, Scott's right that I think it is a sort of a year one team, a bit, a bit like QAS, I think, at the start of their campaign. But I think as long as they are getting a, a number of fringe A-League players down there to sort of assist, I think they're going to be competitive. But I think I worry when it comes around to sort of, you know, that May, June uh, round when contracts are up at or being signed for the senior side that, you know, if, if these young players that come through expected to carry the load are not performing at a level they need to be, I do fear for the Raw as far as being part of MPL next season. I'm, I, as, as far as I know, that there, there's no exemption, so uh, they, they're very much in danger. And I think that, uh, yeah, if, if they if they do not uh, perform at what we hope, they they could very very be well in danger of being relegated. Yeah, well, as by the rules of the competition that we've been able to find as well, there is no relegation exemption this season so the story for the raw by the looks of it is going to be just get enough points against the teams that you're going to be competing with to ensure that come end of oh middle middle of august or whenever the season does end they're going to ensure that they're sitting 10th 9th 8th or whatever because <laughs> I, I don't think this is a side that is going to have the talent to you know go and challenge for finals but i do think that they're good enough on their day, especially when you look at the players that they've been able to recruit, where they'll be able to be competitive in enough games, especially when you factor in the likes of Ryland Brownlee, Shea Cahill, etc., the guys that are training with the first team regularly. But I just just want to run through some of the outside players that they've brought in this off-season. So Tyler Roach, the goalkeeper from the Melbourne City Academy, Charlie Parkin and Jack Perrot, uh, defenders from Morton Bay and Olympic, respectively. Uh, short up the midfield with James Durrington from Gold Coast United, Reese Williams from Morton Bay, Caleb Butler from Rochdale, Jack Benham from Brisbane City. And if you remember, he scored the winning goal in that semi-final against Lions last year. Uh, not to mention Forbes Porter and Zach Fowler, forwards from Gold Coast United and City. And the new, new addition that I'm most excited about for this side is Ivan Ozzy. Yep. Like, he's young, he's raw, but boy, does he have a lot of potential. Like, add, add in them with the proven players that we know that they've got uh, who are named in their side, and I will say probably the best thing that uh, Raw have done for this NPL side this offseason is naming their full squad. Complete transparency there, which we always appreciate. Um, we've also got uh, the likes of, you know, Eddie Ince, Riley Gill, Noah McGrath, 
uh, Nathan Geyer and Cameron Anderson, just as a couple of names as well, where they're guys that they're not going to be challenging for the A-League side anytime soon, but they are good enough to come in and make a difference at this level on their day. Now, those days are probably going to be few and far between, but you win five or six games and draw a couple more, and you're probably going to be in that range where you're thinking you might be able to uh, stay up a division. Yeah, around that 20-point mark is where you're aiming at. If you're, if you're trying to be one of the teams who are surviving in the NPL, that's the benchmark where you need to get to. And I think this group has enough in them if, to get to around that marker, particularly if they do, if Ryland Brownlee, for example, does find himself playing the first six to eight weeks of the MPL competition. He's already he's got a hat-trick at the weekend, so you know he's got some quality at this level. So, and I know that was FQPL team, but Thunder are pretty good, so we'll, it does kind of compare. And if he's there, it's a, it is a focal point that they will have to get some goals. So that, that might be the sort of thing they look to do in the first part of the season, James. We know that they've done this in the past, not necessarily with... Ryland Brownlee, but just in general, that they have used their fringe A-League players, their younger players, if they're not playing in that A-League men's team, play them in the MPL for, firstly, to keep them ticking over and getting competitive matches, but also to help that group get some points on the board early. So, I think they'll probably look to do that once again, and you'll probably know pretty early on with this raw side. If they are, if they get some wins early on, they'll be well and truly on the way to getting to that marker. Yeah, and this, it does feel like there has been a bit more change this year compared to the last couple. It seems like they sort of run in two, three-year cycles, but um, as I see Scott frantically typing away to either prove me right or wrong, I'm leaning wrong. But, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to... Um, I don't think it's going to be the easiest season for the Raw. They're probably not going to get too many feature games, but I think, they'll ha- I think they'll have their moments, and I can see them surprising a couple of, of those mid-range teams here and there. All right, from... The Raw to the Triple uh, Trophy winners, Gold Coast Knights. And look, I'd like to go into depth on Gold Coast Knights, but all I can really think of here, Adam, is uh, more of the same from Scott McDonald's side. I said before, they are the gold standard in Queensland football. And look, uh, the side that they've recruited, all being well as far as injuries and and uh, you know, avoiding injuries and other sort of catastrophes, uh, they're going to be right up there again there. They are a very impressive uh, side. Uh, again, I'm not I'm not going to go too too sort of you know, excited over that that win over the Raw Youth, but that's a, but to come out and be that aggressive, to be that uh, to be that sort of you know, ruthless in game one, that that probably shows where the mentality is from Scott McDonald about where they want to do it. I don't think they're going to they're going to coast and ease their way to the first first few uh, weeks of their, their campaign. I think they're going to try and you know, put the points on the board early and pretty much try and win it from the front. So, so yeah, I, I think more of the same from Gold Coast Knights. I think there are threats in multiple competitions, including Australia Cup. I think that you know, a deep run in the Australia Cup, I think, could be well on the card, which may lead to a bit of congestion, um, schedule congestion later in the season. But I also think that the quality of the team players in that side, uh, assuming everyone's fit and healthy, I still think they can have a uh, major. I think they can still you know, have um, major sort of uh, fights on multiple fronts. Yeah, and one of the big departures from Gold Coast Knights is Max Brown, who's been integral to their success in big games over the last few seasons. He's now playing for Sunshine Coast Wanderers, but instead to go and replace him, they've just gone in and brought uh, Xander Guy 
Joel Russell uh, from Surfers and Emmy Martinez from East. And I know, like, some of the long-term Raw fans might remember Martinez from his time with the Raw youth side and never quite reached the level that some were hoping he might, but he's still an incredibly creative player. And even if he's sort of filling that creative role off the bench to sort of spell uh, Russell or Guy or any of those other options that can fill that number 10 role, or Brad Ninman, like... <laughs> That like you just look at it and go, this is a side that is going to be tough to beat each and every week, unless someone decides to go and have a wedding or something that rules out ten of the first team players. I I don't think I don't think uh, Scott and uh, Jody and Co down there would allow that. They are a very very professional uh, club. Uh, we know that, but also but also as well, I I personally I'm a huge fan of Joel Russell. I've been unabashed in it. Uh, in my support for him, he wasn't. We didn't name him our FQPL Player of the Year for nothing. He is an incredible talent. Probably, I think probably the best young player in MPL. Uh, and, and I think that you know at Gold Coast Knights, I really think he's gonna he's gonna have uh, one one heck of a season on the back of what he did last season for Surface Paradise. I like the signs you guys mentioned, Joel Russell's and the guy. I think Trent Millard yep. is back down is down there as well now, and there's a fullback option but the one that might actually be the Max Brown replacement and it looks like he's off to a fantastic start in the pro series is Sam Klein he's I think he's got four goals already in the first two games in that competition and he's off to a really good start we've seen what a player he can be in that midfield mix so they've got an abundance of talent down there goal Coast. there's no doubt they start favorite and I tend to agree with Adam is that they can compete on every front we saw last year they did that. They won the they won the regular season. They won the grand final. Sorry, Adam, they did, and they also <laughs> won the pro series. But and they went to what the the round of sixteen of the Australia Cup. So they've competed on every level, and this group is well equipped to do the exact same thing once again. They are they are a very very well tuned side. It's a very it'd be a very good side who finishes above them this year. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of mystery about what their ambitions are down there. I remember hearing some of the interviews Scott McDonald gave. Uh, to you guys after the games last year and I know it was kind of said with a joking tone but I still think it was a little bit annoyed that they didn't go uh, further in the Australia Cup they yeah like I said they, they, did, they did lose Western United I think I think that's the one I think that's the one thing I think that maybe be on the I guess on the bucket list uh, for the size action knock off an A-League club and look they, they had their chances that, I think that's probably what annoyed uh, Scotty more than anything was that they had their chances against Western United so certainly that might be definitely that's why I think they can go very very deep and I don't think any any uh, A-League club going into the Croatian Sports Centre I think that they certainly won't uh, Gold Coast will not fear them so I think it's a I think it's a sort of a, a word of warning. That's why I think they can go, they can do some really, really big things this season beyond just the uh, just what they do in Queensland. Have we ever sold our predictions here as well? Maybe uh, should have put a spoiler alert before this Gold Coast Knights preview. Nah, <laughs> I, I think it's pretty obvious. We're not exactly going out on a limb here, are we? Uh, speaking of going, we're fine. FQPL one team next year. Is what you're saying, James? <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, well, I'll save that joke for later. Um, we've got the other Gold Coast team, uh, Gold Coast United, because Surface Paradise uh, could have been promoted, but instead they've uh, withdrawn and now are fielding a team in FQPL3 South Coast. And, uh, well, we won't see Surface in NPL, but we'll see plenty of their players 
donning the yellow and blue of Gold Coast United, uh, Daryl Bright, Dylan Barwick, Jack Peroni and Teddy Watson have all made the move to the Complex ground. And uh, they'll also be joining a couple of uh, pretty handy additions as well. Zach Galea, the backup goalkeeper, is back. Uh, Carlos Saliadare, the club captain, is back. Brian Satomo from East. And a couple of Gold Coast Knights players as well. Zahi Addis finished off the season at Carrara. Um, and he's back at Gold Coast, uh, uh, Gold Coast United. Riley Utley uh, for Gold Coast Knights. Christian Maladness and uh, oh, just the handy little addition as well of uh, Chris Lucas. Scott, I hear you're a fan? Yeah, just a little bit of a fan. Obviously, the last time he was in the NPL was 2019 with Olympic. He got 29 goals. And the last time he linked up with Gray Pittick was at, the, was at Palm Beach about a decade ago where he scored 35 goals leading them to the championship in the second year of the NPL. So it's a combination that's worked quite well down there on the Gold Coast. And... I don't think Chris Lucas is any less of a player than he was in 2019. So I think he will be well and truly amongst the goals down there on the Gold Coast this year. And that might be the missing piece for that Gold Coast United side. You remember at the turn of the turn of the season last year, the halfway mark, they were right there with Gold Coast Knights. That derby, which I think was round 12 from memory, it was really early in the second half of the season. I think it was a really important game that Gold Coast got the, Knights got the result. But at that point, just. United were well... Just, they did get it only just, but it was important then, but they were right there, Gold Coast United, and they kind of fell away a little bit down the stretch, and maybe someone like a Chris Lucas with his goals might be that piece that just keeps that run going for them this year, because they were right there on the knocking on the door, Gold Coast United. Okay, fun game to play. Uh, what was the other big game on the night of that Round 12 Gold Coast derby? I don't know, yeah, I was on the Gold, Gold Coast. Coast. <laughs> It was, it was uh, the Mariners belting the ever-loving daylights out of Melbourne City in the A-League Grand Final. So there was more competitive football on the Gold Coast that evening. They didn't, I know they didn't I was... have as much drama as that night, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's going to set up for a very interesting Gold Coast derby in round two as well. Oh, and one name I did also forget, Fraser Hills as well. That's a pretty solid <laughs> addition as well, Adam. It is, and uh, yeah, Fraser Hills has been uh, running around in the uh, leagues of the Northern Rivers, is back in the MPL. We saw what he could do, what he did uh, for uh, Brisbane City when they had their, their perfect season uh, a couple of seasons ago. And uh, yeah, him and Chris Lucas, I think, are absolute masterstroke signings. But also, not not notwithstanding that, some some very very good young players coming through that, that academy of theirs. I think Gold Coast, you know, I think the Gold Coast teams again, I think, are going to be the ones that you really sort of you know the the road the road to glory in this league is going to run through the Gold Coast, whether it's Carrara or Talabadra. I think that we'll have to see. But certainly, round two, that derby. It's, it's going to be on. Yeah, no, no question about that as well. Uh, just looking at Gold Coast United over the years as well, and uh, yeah, goals are what goals are what they need. They finished third last year, but they scored 27 goals from what I can see as well. So that's just... That's a big difference. Like, defensively, they had a ridiculous 23 goals conceded from 22 games. It's just finding that breakthrough and just getting those late-season results in those uh, tightly fought games. It did. Uh, it was good enough for a third-place finish in a maiden NPL finals appearance, but they just couldn't get by. Uh, was it Penn Power in that first semi-final? So, yeah, fourth-lowest goal tally in the league last year as well. Thank you, Scott. Uh, let's move on now to Lions. 
they've um, undergone a bit of a bit of an overhaul here and there. But uh, well, they certainly look like they mean business. Just with some of those additions, they've brought in a couple of pretty solid uh, goal scorers to complement Andy Pengelly. We've got Alex Fechner <coughs> back from NPL South Queensland and Luke Broderick from Brisbane Strikers. Adam, I believe it's your turn to go first. Go nuts. Yeah, uh, Alex Fechner back. I think it's a big signing for Lions. Uh, they really missed him uh, last season. Uh, it's sort of uh, come, coming off the wing. Uh, Luke Broderick, I think, is up there with Joel Russell's find the finest young players in the in the league right now. I think he will make a huge difference for Lions. And just for this Lions mentality of you knew that after last season's fifth place finish uh, they were going to leave no stone turned to come back with a vengeance and I think they've got the squad if they can keep them fit I think they certainly have got the mileage to be able to uh, to really sort of you know, be up there amongst the top teams and uh, obviously as well they've got a lot of stability uh, as well with, the, uh, with a lot of uh, returning players yeah, Scott, uh, I wanted to talk to you as well about just the fact that they've been able to keep that defence intact as well in front of new goalkeeper signing Cardiff Pond. You've got the likes of Hashan Ramazani, Tommy Jared, uh, Jackson Hart Phillips, and Josh Brindle South. That's a pretty solid group uh, to have to protect what I think was a pretty solid young goalkeeper uh, in the Raw Youth setup. It is. Look, firstly, the goalkeeper situation with Luke Boreen and Cardiff Pond, they've got some very good options there. Interesting to see who does get the number one position to start the year. But you're right, that back line looks very, very strong. And you think about the Lions sides that we've seen in the last few years that have been successful. They've been really, really hard to beat, to break down defensively. I think they broke the defensive record one year under Warren Moon. So we know defensively that's something they look to always be very, very strong at. And this group looks like it's very much in the same vein. At the other end of the field, it's an interesting one because Rio Ono, it just didn't quite work for the match. He's a very good player, Rio Ono. We saw what he did at Capalabar and at Morton Bay, but it didn't work at Lyon. So to have back now Alex Fechner in that role, we saw how well he and Andy Pengelly combined. That looks like that combination's back once again. But even players like young Jack Skinner, who they brought in from Redlands, he was really, really impressive last year in that Redlands side. So to have him there as well as a young player developing is very, very interesting. And don't rule it. Don't underestimate the impact of James Entiknap yep. as well. He was one of Sunshine Coast's better players last year. So to get him into that midfield mix as well is a very, very interesting thing. It's a, it's a very good group. If we'd like, you expect it's always going to be a very, very strong group at Lions. I think it's one of the better teams in the competition. Can they challenge Gold Coast? That's the real question because they haven't. That's the one team they've really struggled with, isn't it? It's Gold Coast Knights last year. It, they just, it, and it just hasn't quite been there for them. They've got the talent to do it. We'll see if they can put it together, because I think it's a very, very good group. I have two concerns about Lions. First of which is they've got a lot of... I'm trying to think of a better way to phrase it, but they've got a lot of Batman characters in that attacking group. <laughs> you've got... That's what I mean. Like you've got uh, Fechner, Pengeli, Antiknap, even Joe Duckworth. Uh, you look at all those guys who... I, I do worry a little bit about a too many cooks in the kitchen situation when they're all on the field and who's going to... Well, how's that hierarchy going to set up, which I accept is probably a wonderful headache for Darren Syme to have. But also, I do wonder if there are going to be any sort of bumps in terms of, you know, bad injury luck or anything. Is the depth necessarily there? And look, I... <laughs> Last time I said Lions were going to struggle, they went on and won the whole damn thing. So take that for what it's worth. 
I think I think also as well. I, I think Joe Duckworth, uh, he he'll, he obviously he'll play at six, which is which seems to be where he's most comfortable of. Even though he has he does own a golden boot in his uh, illustrious career. I him he and uh, Sean Carlos I think again are going to be. I think pivotal that that midfield, uh, when the midfield's working well, that's when lines, no matter who you got in front of them, are, go, are going to uh, perform. And I think that it a lot of it does. Matt Rydenton's another one, which uh, also a, a returning player, which I think will really drive this Lions side. I, I think that it's it's they've done very very well as we expect with Lions uh, in their in their recruiting, and I think they've got a good balanced side. I think there's. You're right. I think depth might be a little bit of an issue, but I also think that any number, a multiple number of injuries, I think could derail any of the top eight to ten teams in this league anyway. So I think yeah, if you if you luck's out, you luck's out. I think that's the fine margins as, we, as I said at the top. I'm not worried about their depth too much. They had Sean Carlos and Tommy Jarrett on the bench at the weekend as an example. So I think they've got plenty of depth to be able to cover most situations. The interesting thing will be is the problem that affected them last year was when teams played a low block against them, they couldn't consistently find a way to break them down. Remember we said it on the Sunday show, it must have felt like a thousand times, but it felt like every time the teams played a low block against them, they were able to sit in and then get something in transition. I think someone like a um, Alex Fechner might be, the, might be the crucial piece to helping them unlock those low blocks. So ho- hopefully for their sake, they've found that solution because that was the one thing that really saw them finished lower down the table than they would have liked last year. Yeah, and there were just too many games where they just found themselves frustrated. But we'll have to wait and see as well, because the other thing to remember with Lions and a couple of these other clubs as well, they had a very front-heavy home schedule as well because of the Women's World Cup and the works taking place at uh, some of their grounds and the unavailability uh, of it as well. So and now they get to enjoy the fruits of that yeah. this year. Yeah, I... The, uh, it looks pretty good for the women's game I uh, did there, the season opener for that. Alright, let's move on to Adam's neck of the woods and last season's defeated grand finalists uh, but what was a Morton Bay side that came out of the blue last year, I don't think anyone was really expecting that level of success that they had finishing second and uh, going very, very close to sending the grand final to extra time with Kez Walters ridiculous uh, bicycle kick attempt as well, but all things considered for uh, Cameron Miller and his squad, it's been about sort of consolidating what has been a pretty impressive uh, team as well. They've brought back the likes of Declan Smith, Dan Johnson, Chris Marr, Ben Holiday. I know Holiday had an uh, injury interrupted end to the season as well. Uh, Will Edmiston, Reese Gwynn, Jones, Sam Knight. The familiar names are all back. Uh, Kes Walters, Jordan Farina. But, Scott... They've also gone and just uh, brought in, or brought back in some cases, a few familiar names with the likes of uh, Zach Kierpal, Lockie Sayers, both making the move from Olympic, and uh, the a couple of signings from Japan, Hirumi Ikeda from Brew Kashima and Seta Murai from FC Imbari, uh, has have come in to replace the departed Naoki Maeda, who has gone to Wynnum Wolves, and... Uh, Goalkeeper Nathan Foster is back to replace the departed Matt Lugo. So, overall, I don't see how this side is going to be... Like, I, I can't see this side being any worse than they were last year, which is a good sign, I would think, up at Walter Park. I'm going to go to you first, Scott, because I know Adam's just going to go on a massive tangent. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get a drink as soon as I finish talking about this, because we'll have about half an hour half an hour to drink it. But I will say, 
a lot of the players you mentioned there coming in, they are very much Morton Bay United saying someone like a Lockie Sage, you can see him going into that midfield mix and being an important part of the side. The two Japanese boys they've brought in, I don't know too much about them, but hopefully for Morton Bay and Cam Miller's sake, they're as impactful as someone like a Naoki Maeda was last year because he was really, really important to that Morton Bay side and probably one of the key reasons why they were able to get themselves into that grand final. Yes, they had that great back line, which we talked a lot about, and they had Marquez Walters up front, but his work in midfield was really, really important in terms of knitting it all together. So hopefully they've found a way to cover his departure. Up front, I'll be very intrigued to see exactly how they get it to work with Marquez Walters and um, Zach Kierpal, because they are two very, very good strikers who I rate really highly. I know both of you guys do as well. But to me, they're both pure nines in terms of they play through the middle. So I'll be intrigued to see how they make that combination work. Because I definitely think it can work. And I think it will work. I'm just really curious exactly how they get those two guys to play off one another. Well, we did sort of see them operating with twin strikers last season uh, when Jeremy Stewart was playing as well. One would usually drop out to the wing and the other would sort of hold that central position. So I don't think we'll see it... I don't think I don't think it will be able to work. I just think it'll just come down to how quickly the likes of uh, how those two can get back on the same page. All right. Just to let him go. Also, if that does work, that could be very much like the Royce Brownlee, Charles Mendy of five, six years ago, where those two guys scored such a huge number of goals that it propelled them to that grand final win. So if those two guys can fire and do that, Morton Bay could absolutely be on for another huge year. It's just, I'd have to see that because... They're two very, very similar players to me. Jordan Freeman was a bit different to, to uh, Marquez Walter, so I'm intrigued to see how it does work, but I certainly like the recruitment. Oh, actually, just one more thing before we go to Adam <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, you also think of Joe Scott. He missed some time last season as well. Farina, he's still very impactful off the bench. I, 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 I think this is going to be very, very interesting. The goalkeeping situation is going to be one to watch as well. Foster, that's a pretty solid replacement to bring in for Matt Lugo um, and actually Adam I, I hate to do this to you but I think we've pretty much covered everything there is to cover with Morton Bay so uh, no I'm just kidding go ahead no no uh, you certainly did uh, it was very very comprehensive uh, yeah what I I could add really is just about uh, I think that's what the hope is is that if uh, Zach Kipal and Marquez Walters can have seasons that they've had in previous years uh, you know, last time that Zach was in uh, well not these colours because they're new colours being the uh, new, the new entity but uh, last time he played at Walter Park and if, if, if Kez can continue what he did last season I think that's the hope that you know the firepower they've got but I, I think I would like to look at uh, one area that probably that wasn't covered I think the midfield it's going to be it's going to be really sort of uh, one to watch Ben Holiday I think outside those players I think it's going to be absolutely vital to that but um but also as well uh the experience had to end uh chris ma it will also sort of anchor that that midfield and of course the uh the great wall of brendale is will be back uh that's dan johnson will probably get the start uh replacing matt richardson in the center of midfield with our uh, center of defense with uh with declan smith and 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 yeah so i think it's more the same i think again if this squad stays intact, they're, they're going to be up there. And I think I say that hand and heart without any bias. I think that, you know, what they showed last season, this is probably a better squad than last year. A few notable outs, but I think the by addition by subtraction, uh, it certain, certainly you know, has them primed. I think it's going to come down to uh, 
you know, the, the lack of results and also as well, I think it's going to come down to sort of keeping that squad fit. And if they do, they're, they're going to be right up there. And I think that's that's the hope for for up here in this region. So I think there, there's a lot of optimism at Walter Park that Cam Miller can, can um, make it two seasons in a row in his second season as head coach. They were the surprise package last year. James. Nobody really thought they were going to do what they did last year. And it was fantastic to see them back competing at the top end of the competition. This year, they're catching nobody by surprise. Everybody's well and truly aware of exactly what they're about. So that's a slightly different challenge for them in terms of they're no longer the not necessarily the hunted because that's still Gold Coast Knights, but teams are well and truly marking Morton Bay on what to dictate elsewhere about what they can do. Oh, yeah, sorry, actually, sorry just one more one. thing as well. Uh, Harumi Akita <laughs> as well. I think he he looked every bit uh, as good a replacement for Naki Maeda. The, the, uh, the production line of uh, Japanese players that come through Morton Bay, I think Akita's going to be, if, again, if he stays fit and lives up to uh, his billing, I think he's going to be very, very good. He, he'll be one of the league's uh, ones to watch, I think. And the biggest question surrounding uh, this club heading into season 2024, over under 99 and a half times we call them Morton Bay instead of Morton City Excelsior. I, I think we just did that <laughs> in the screen, didn't we? <laughs> yes, uh, this is the uh, now joint entity. There is the Morton City Excelsior NPL side, which is Morton Bay, uh, and then the Morton City Excelsior FQPL side, which is the former Albany Creek Excelsior. So until... Well, for the time being, I think I may wind up differentiating them by just still calling them uh, MCE, MBU, and MCE Ace. Mort- which Mort- really Morton Bay of Morton City Excelsior. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll try and work that one out. Anyway, uh, let's keep this moving because we are making good time, at least by our standards. Uh, Olympic, they got a second life with surfers not taking their promotion to the NPL. It was a nightmare season. Uh, out of Goodwin Park last year. There was really no delicate way to uh, try and phrase that. They weren't good, but with Chris Grossman having a full off-season to try and assemble his squad, hopes are high that the red and white will be back with a bang in 2024. I think, Adam, it's time to go to you first because we can't really procrastinate for 20 minutes on this one as well, but am I crazy to think that... Am I crazy to think that Olympic... I don't see them necessarily returning to a grand final, but I can see them at least being in the that mid-table competitive field this time around. Oh, definitely. I think they're going to be much better than last season. Last, last season was an absolute uh, train wreck from uh, one point to another. Like I said, uh, recruiting, I think, was a bit of an issue. Uh, being displaced because of all the dramas around Goodwin Park, the, the rebuild, and eventually not being approved for the uh, Women's World Cup training base, and just, just everything that went on, it was just an absolute nightmare for them at Goodwin Park. And I think that also as well, I think a lot of senior players in that side last season that, that, you know, that almost got them relegated. And as you said, it was only because of a restructure and Service Paris Polo not taking up their invitation to join the MPL is what sees them playing in MPL in 2024. And I think that's going to that's gonna be serve as motivation for uh, Chris Grossman's senior players. And I think uh, Grossi himself, I think they've, they've recruited, they've recruited um, well. I think Matt Lugo coming down down, the, down South Pine Road from Morton Bay. Uh, he and, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the, sorry, the, the other keeper that they, they signed. Ben, ben Wood, Wood from right. South yeah. Queensland Thunder. Yes. 
I think that's that's going to be a very very interesting battle uh, for for who gets a number one there. But I think yeah, Morton, uh, Olympic. Uh, I think definitely <laughs> I, they get they're going to be better than last season. I think how far they can they can advance away from that relegation sort of spots and sort of challenge for finals. Uh, look, uh, we'll, we'll have to see. And again, same same sort of uh, disclaimer. That if they can keep that their, their squad healthy, they should be uh, in it own way. Yeah, their biggest problem's already been fixed, James. In terms of having the, the nightmare around Goodwin Park, that's now resolved. The, the, that situation is now that's a 2023 problem. They don't have to worry about that this year because the amount of different grounds they had to play home games at last year, trying to find a way to get the season played while Goodwin Park was being renovated, certainly impacted them. I thought they were better by the end of the year under Chris Crossman anyway. Now he's got a full off season to put together the squad that he wants to put together. And it's not a bad squad to put together in terms of that. You mentioned the goalkeeper. It's also got Marek Madley across from Roaster. We know what sort of a goal scorer he can be. And they, the recruitment they made midway through last year also certainly helped them. It just, it just was just the way it worked out that that mid-year transfer window happened too late for them to be able to get the points they needed to get out of the bottom two, which is why they finished in those relegation places. So the, they have certainly overhauled the squad in terms of the mid-year transfer window and, and this off-season one now. I think they will be a team... Again, I'm, not, I'm a bit with you, James. I don't know that they're necessarily going to be a, a finals team, but they're going to be a team who is going to be a very, very competitive team in the mid-pack and certainly could push for a finals position with what they have. And this is a team that has some goals in it as well, not just with Marek Mardley, but you also look at you know, the likes of uh, Lyndon Farr, Lathan Dunn, even for me, Asono, uh, the new signing from Surface as well, uh, Pasquale DeVita, he's still uh, there from all accounts. Luka Yankovic scored a couple of goals in the Pro Series as well as the young player they brought in as well. Yeah, exactly. So they've got they've got goals in them, and in this league, you need to be able to score. Like, I know, again, groundbreaking analysis from an NPL Queensland podcast. I know we really uh, botched that joke. Anyway, let's move on <laughs> before I stick my foot in it. Groundbreaking analysis, further. not groundbreaking explanations. <laughs> they don't call us football experts because we know what we're talking about. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I th- I'm expecting better from Olympic this season. It just it feels like everything that could have worked against them last year went wrong. But you've got to remember as well, I know not every club treated it the same, but they did make the Kappa Pro Series final and looked pretty damn good at times as well, especially in that final against Knights with what was a massively understaffed defense as well. I think I haven't got the notes in front of me from that game I did with Josh, but that was a very young backline. I think that Tom Larkham um, and a couple of the other ones, as well, a couple of the other uh, David Cavignani well. was also in there. Yeah, Tom Larkham came on for Matt Mundy after about three minutes, I think, and they 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 put on a very very brave shift. So they they certainly they, the younger players as well coming through this. They, they did lose Jack Parrott, who's gone off to the Raw, but uh, there's still got a couple of, uh, of of sort of diamonds in the rough that are coming through at um, at Olympics. So yeah, I think last season I think it was too bad to be true for them, to be honest. Absolutely, it, it was. It was certainly a completely complete surprise the way it went for them. But for me, Nusono in midfield, James, mm. you mentioned all the attacking talent they've got. You need balance in the side, and he could be that balance in midfield to be that player who just screens the back four and allows players like the likes of Daniel Leck and DeVita and all the rest of them that you mentioned to go and be themselves and score the goals to get them well and truly up the table. 
Yeah, exactly. And look, we've seen Chris Grossman get the best out of his NPL sides in the past as well. So they've got the elements there to be competitive. Don't quite think they're there yet, but again, like if they're in a relegation battle this year, I will be shocked. And I apologise to uh, our listeners from Olympic for just putting the commentator's curse on them. Uh, let's move on now to Peninsula Power. And by their standards, 2023 wasn't a great year. Nine wins, seven draws, six defeats. But it still ended on a pretty solid note where they wound up uh, making the preliminary final before Gold Coast Knights did what they did against a lot of teams and flexed their muscles in a 5-0 win to qualify for the grand final. But... Aaron Philp is back, and uh, what club are we up to now? I think it's your turn to go first here, Scott. I think it is, and look, yeah, uh, the mid-season coaching change with Aaron Philp coming back last year, it just completely rejuvenated them, didn't it? He, under him, I don't think they lost a game from the time he took over, outside the Australia Cup defeat, until that semi-final he mentioned against Gold Coast Knights. So they certainly went on an unbelievable run to get themselves in that position, and the players they've got there at Peninsula Power, it's always one of the one of the deepest squads. That's one of the things that they are very, very good at is putting together a collection of players that allows them, if they do have any injury concerns, to be able to cover almost anything. And they've done that once again here as well. The likes of Connor McKenzie, Reese Gray, Jason McQuasse, Kenny Akamatsu's come in from New Zealand. He's scored plenty of goals in the pro series. Yuta Hirayama's back in the league as well. So they've got plenty of goals in them. They've got plenty of experience in them as well. And some of the young players have spent the last couple of years giving game time to the likes of a, a Kane Gibbs, a Josip Milicevic, and uh, I thought the midfielder, who's now, uh, Joseph Hitchcock in midfield. Players like that who they've spent the last two years giving some real experience to. This could be the year those players really do kick on in this competition. So I quite like the mix of pinch power I've got. And I, I think that now that they've got the coaching situation fully sorted, it's going to be Aaron Philp for the for this season and we saw how well he went last year I think they're going to be a very very tough team to beat Peninsula Power and we know they can very strong at home and they start well as well so they're a team to watch in the first few weeks of the competition for sure uh, one young player I've got my eye on as well Jack Connors he came in and played a fair bit towards the end of last season as well and he's one that I've got uh, got high hopes for as well Adam yeah Jack Connors a good young defender but uh, yeah that that uh, that front line I think where where they sort of uh, struggled at times early last season was attack they certainly don't don't lack it with uh, Marcus B Jason McQuasse as well and um, and and uh, and uh, Josh Phelps from Victoria I think those three alone uh, the aforementioned Kenny Akamatsu as well uh, they're is there and uh, I believe also uh, Josh Woolley I think is still in in amongst it as well in that squad. So that is a very very good uh, good good squad. I think attacking wise, uh, certainly if they can if they can find uh, form, they're scoring plenty of goals in the uh, in the pro series so far. Whether that translates to league form, you know, that's another thing. But I think they certainly will be very, very confident. Uh, potential power, I think, again, add them to the mix on what will be a very, very congested finals race. And just to point out as well, I don't mean to keep harping on on how, by again, by their standards, 2023 was a bad season, but it did also produce Penn Power's first NPL finals win since their promotion... Uh, for the 2019 season as well, so you can say what you can say what you want about how, by their standards, it was disappointing, but it also says just how high the bar is at AJ Kelly Park as well. 
And again, so. in the second half of the year, they were probably the most informed yeah. team outside the Gold Coast Knights because they came from a position where they were right there with Olympic at that bottom end of the season, bottom end of the table early in the season. They ended up finishing in the finals position. So they certainly made a big second half run and it shows you the quality they've got up there. Yeah, just ask anyone at AJ Kelly Park. They'll tell you how informed they were. That was James. I've got to have some fun <laughs> we here. Have to, we, so you get to hide in your little play yeah. it at the studios to call these games that. We have to actually go to these grounds yeah. and speak to these people. So that was James who said that, yeah. just for the record. <laughs> Look, the truth is never mean. They should be very, very proud. I said. <laughs> They're a very, yeah. very proud club. I think they've got the runs to back themselves up. So, so yeah, but no, I think, I think we all agree they are going to be there and abouts. Yeah, definitely better this season. Uh, let's move on to... Well, I think this is technically my neck of the woods, even though they're still about 25, 30 minutes away. Uh, Redlands. And they've got a bit of a youth movement in the uh, coaching structure as well. We have one-time uh, podcast guest, uh, Griff Mansfield, as the new head coach, replacing the departed Dr. Dan Varma, if we're going by the full name. And it seems like a lot of the signings have been, shall we say, all about consolidating what is a tough but competitive side that finished uh, 10th last year with 26 points. Uh, Adam, Yeah, up. yeah, sorry, uh, just just, uh, just trying to keep up on the uh, <laughs> with the information coming through. Um, yeah, look, Redlands were very, very good uh, last se- last season as far as, you know, beating objective- objectives, which is for them is always to stay in the MPL. And actually, I think they even sort of made some uh, strides further up the league, but uh, they've, they've kept they've kept a lot of their squad together. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the top players that were there last week, players like Guy Santana, Peter Clarsen, uh were there were there uh, as well. Rio Moto as well is very very critical uh, to to that team. Uh, where they have lost a bit, uh, but, uh, Jack Skinner. Obviously, leaving he he was one one of their best players this season. He's now over at uh, over at Lions now, and uh, and and yeah. But they've also added Owen Park uh, from from Southside Eagles, who uh, was a prolific scorer in FQPL one. Uh, so they um, so I think he and he's already uh, flying back of the net in in the uh, pro series. A bit concerned <laughs> that they uh, they fell to Kabulcha in. In their in their opening game, but again, form is form is, is what it is, and we'll see what happens in the season proper. But uh, yeah, they, they, I think they're gonna. It's gonna be a tough season for them. But I think that they're gonna need some crucial wins against the grain if they're gonna if they're gonna survive. In my opinion. Yeah, I think it boils down for me to the returning attackers, uh, Rio Amoto and Peter Klaassen. Uh But you've also got a couple of interesting new signings as well. You've got Dylan Mobbs, who's joined from Kendalltown in the UK, as well as Mason Cross, who we remember from his ridiculous Gold Coast derby goal for Knights. He joins after a season with Gold Coast United. And those guys are going to have to try and hit the ground running in that squad as well, Scott. They will. And you mentioned, Delphi didn't mention that group was uh, Guy Santana. He and Rio Amoto were the two real leading players in that team. It's a very settled Redlands United side. The players they've brought in are players who perform quite well in other teams, as you mentioned, and I think that they're a very difficult team to get a full read on, because I think last year we kind of thought they were going to struggle, and they absolutely well and truly exceeded everybody's external expectations on them. 
I think it's a, again, it's a situation where they've got some experience and quality in that team. That and, and it's underrated experience. Players like Sam Langley, Michael Lee, who've been around the traps in the NPL for a long period of time. They know the league. They know what it takes to be competitive in this competition. I think they're going to be a really tough team to beat, particularly down there at the showgrounds. It's just there's so many really competitive teams this year. Can they find themselves finishing ahead of enough teams to stay in the competition? It's a bit like the Raw. Can they get the 20-odd points they're going to need to stay up? That's the that's the question. They've got the quality. It's just there's other teams ahead of them to be in the pecking order. They're a, they're a team who could find themselves in that relegation area, but they'll be very, very competitive against everybody they play against. Yeah, I think I think that's going to uh, be what determines their season is how they go against the teams that are going to be finishing around them because they can just pick up enough points in those home games, maybe spring an upset over the likes of, say, a Penn Power or a Lions or a Gold Coast United who, who head out there on a breezy Saturday evening or something. And yeah, I think, I think they've got a narrow path to survival. But as we've seen, you know, going back to the Graham Harvey era, back uh, when they were in the FQPL and what we saw Varma build on this year and what we're expecting Manfield to do this year, I can't see them falling away. I can't see them falling away and finishing a long way adrift of the rest of the ladder as well. I think they're going to make life tough and every point you get against them is going to feel well-earned. All right. So that is Redlands, the team that they got promoted with in after the conclusion of the 2022 season. Rochdale Rovers. And seventh place last year, nine wins, three draws, ten defeats. They haven't rested on their laurels after just missing out on the finals last season. They've uh, undergone a fairly solid overhaul. So uh, back, uh, the notable names, Jordan Holmes, Greg Cheshire, Andy Thompson... Josh Morland, Ollie Dern, Harry Talbot, Cooper McCormick, just to name a few. But the new signings, uh, we've got Rio Ono, who is, I think, probably the biggest addition to this side. Uh, Drayden Kelly from Broadbeach, Cooper Nichols from Lions, Pat Theodore, who's been proven at the lower levels with Bayside United, Ryan Piunti uh, from Brisbane City, Connor Damsma from East, who will be a solid backup to Holmes, and the surface duo, uh, of Morgan Saunders and Brad Scott. So that is a pretty solid group of players as well. And after the coaching change last year as well, they were another side that really did start to get going in the right direction. And it's, there's a lot to like about these changes. Uh, bugger, I've forgotten who we're up to. Adam, okay? Oh, you just put your hand oh no, I was actually pointing at Scott. But, uh, okay. I'll, I'll, also, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'll certainly have my battles with Rochdale's from my junior days, but I look at this squad they've got. It's a very, very good squad. I'm more than happy to talk about it. It's a squad where they've retained their best players, and the players they've added, you mentioned, James, they're very, very good players. Morgan Saunders and Brad Scott were two of the cornerstones of that very successful Surface Paradise side, so they'll bring plenty of that experience with them. Dreading Kelly was one of Broadbeach's best players in FQPL 2 last year, and I already mentioned earlier, it didn't work for Rio Ono at Lions, but he's a very, very good player, and he this could be the sort of system where it does work out for him, so what they put together there, it's a very, very good squad. The question is, can they go from being that mid-table side, which they've well and truly established themselves now as they are a mid-table NPL side. Is this the group that can push them further forward in terms of getting to the, that finals level, which is probably where they believe as a club they should be. They are one of the bigger clubs in, in Brisbane. They would probably they would be expecting to be in finals at some stage. 
It's just, is this group good enough to close the gap on those teams ahead of them? Because it's a very, very good group, but there's some very, very tough competition in this league. I like this Redlands, this um, Rochdale Rovers team. If you can get their name out. But the one well, thing I'm, I'm allergic to Rochdale Rovers as a club, so I said I had that many junior <laughs> battles with them, but I like this group of players I've put together. The one thing I will say about uh, the signing of Rio Ono as well, we mentioned at Lions how they could wind up with a situation where there's too many cooks in the kitchen. I think... Ono comes here and he is the alpha in terms of creating attacking opportunities for this side as well. And when you've got, and I say this with all affection intended, a beanpole like Morgan Saunders for him to continually put the ball into, that, that's that got to It's the Stuart in... Edgar, Rio Ono, Kapalabar reincarnation, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, it's all there on a plate. And I think Ono can come in and really revitalise this Rochdale attack. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, if there's, if there's a bracket buster team in this league, it is Rochdale. I think they they have got assembled a very, very good team. And uh, yeah, look, I, I can't agree more about you know, Morgan Saunders being that uh, being that sort of attacking sort of focal point. And at the other end, uh, obviously the experience of Jordan Holmes. But uh, in midfield, I think uh, Josh Moreland and Harry Talbot, I, they had two great seasons last season on the back of leaving uh, the Raw Academy program uh, for, for their first seasons as uh, sort of I guess senior players uh, in in the MPL were, were great seasons. If they kick on, this is a side that's very very dangerous. I think that if any of those, those top favourite teams are to stumble, this is the team that may be the knockout uh, blow. So I, I'd certainly watch out for them, they, and they will fly under the radar. Very very potentially could be the Morton the Morton Bay such Morton City of last season. Well, there we go. The mayor. They're not flying Bay. under our radars, that's for sure. No, just <laughs> if that was their plan, that's out the window. <laughs> we just bust there, guys. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move up the coast, and we've got the Sunshine Coast Wanderers. And well, look, they've gone for quality over quantity when it comes to uh, new additions to this side, and there is no bigger move in the NPL than Max Brown, uh, who has made the move up to Ballinger Park. He was joined by Jeremy Stewart. But boy, like this is all about what Brown brings to a side that <coughs> hasn't been the most dynamic attacking team in the past, but he is the true difference maker here, Scott. He is 13 goals last year for Gold Coast Knights. Their leading goal scorer, if you would believe it, Max Brown. We know what a tremendous player he is, and he'll be a huge loss for Gold Coast Knights. But what he can bring to this Sunshine Coast side, who we already know are one of the tougher places to go in this competition, Fortress Ballinger, as we've dubbed it, he can certainly produce the goals up there to help them. And Jeremy Stewart's the other addition they have made as well in that front. So two experienced attacking players coming in to help what is a largely homegrown Sunshine Coast produced team. They could be the pieces. Again, they're another team who who we've seen in the past. They're a team who are mid-table side. Can they push further forward beyond that? Max Brown's the sort of player who, if he, if he goes up there and scores 10, 12 goals from midfield, he could be the catalyst to help them do that. I think it's a tremendous signing for them. Yeah, it's uh, it almost feels like, I guess, the MPL's really their first, I guess, marquee signing, almost. So Max Brown to Sunshine Coast Wanderers, because this is, this is a squad that will be built pretty much around him. But it certainly doesn't end with, with him. I think they, they, they've done a good job... Uh, 
be signing a lot of their young talent. Uh, Josiah Green and Kyan Bryant are two players definitely that are you know, rising stars in the, in the league. Uh, Marcus Worthington uh, he's, he, and uh, is also as well another one to watch and the experience of uh, Liam Fitzsimmons at the back and, but Jeremy Stewart as well I think he may be the recipient if Max Brown doesn't score all the goals uh, Jeremy Stewart definitely uh, definitely would be the one to to sort of benefit he, he, he had a very very solid season uh, at uh, a solid season at uh, at Morton Bay last year I think one of the unsung heroes of that run yeah and he, he played his role as well and he was in that grand final with a busted shoulder as well, Jeremy Stewart, and he still found a way to make a nuisance of himself. So it's that doesn't sound like be... Jeremy Stewart at all. That doesn't sound. <laughs> and and he, he, is, he is a club legend. I think yeah. Yeah, a very very welcome back addition to uh, that squad where he has scored a ton of goals at Ballinger Park. For sure. All right, um, that's Sunshine Coast. Wanderers. So they've got, they're also coached by Nick Green, so we should mention oh, that yes. he's oh, the yes. coach up there as well. That's a, a very good addition as a coach. You saw last time in the, in the league, in the MPL at Brisbane, he didn't quite end the way he would hope for, but he's pre- done some coaching outside the system and he went and he stinted the raw last year, which was pretty successful as well. So he comes back into the MPL there now as the new head coach and I think it's another very good pickup for the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, I think he will get this side playing on the front foot, which... Under Paul Arneson, they had a very effective style. It might not have always been the prettiest one, but you knew what you were getting out of them, whereas I think Nick Green might try and open them up a little bit more as they go along. All right, now we will move on to the final NPL team. It was the 2023 FQPL Grand Final winners, Wynnum Wolves. And, uh, well, we talked about sides that haven't really kept uh, their signings haven't really uh, kept their squad intact. They've brought in plenty of new names out on the base side. Naoki Maeda uh, from Morton City, Aaron Dempsey and Lachlan Mears from The Raw, uh, backup goalkeeper Tom Lynch, Kristen Waters, who I believe was... Oh, no, he was there last year. I was. I'm drawing a blank here at the moment. Uh, Zach Maltby, Cade McDermott, Jakob Budnik, uh, just to name a few. They're, they're going all out to try and survive here. Uh, and we know of their involvement with the Brisbane United bid as well, Adam. Yeah, that, that's sort of uh, that's a story for another time about what happened there. But uh, certainly Wolves, uh, yeah, they they were shock round final winners over Surface Paradise, almost you know, absolute, you know, despised underdogs in that grand final. They end up uh, get, getting the uh, getting the victory on the big stage. Uh, it's going to be tough for them. I think uh, Naoki Maeda is, is probably their standout signing. We know his quality, and he's gonna he's gonna have to produce probably an even better season than they did at Morton City or Morton Bay last season uh, to uh, to sort of get this uh, Wolf side sort of at least away from safety. I think they're going to be playing within that relegation zone. Look, they're, they're going to be they're going to be good, and they're going to they're going to cause trouble. I think they've got a squad that is certainly manageable. Uh, but it's, it's a question of consistency, whether they can produce week in, week out, uh, and they've got a huge test first up uh, on Friday night. Yeah, and uh, Graham Fife comes in as yeah. the coach, replacing, replacing the departed uh, Mark, Mark Willis yeah. as well. But it's it's that nuisance value that they will bring. And on grand final day, look, they, they were good value for that win as well. It was a spectacular goal in the sixth minute, and then 
Duncan Short just came up with a a huge save at the very end uh, of the game as well to keep that lead intact. So, again, it's another side that I, I don't see them making finals, but they'll have that nuisance value as well where they might have their say in the makeup of the top four. Yeah, look, there, Duncan Short might have been the best performing player on that grand final day. The amount of saves he made to ensure that win for the for Wynnum Wolves and back-to-back promotions after what happened to them as a club when they got relegated to FQPL 2 to go promotion, promotion, and then and grand final winners last year. Now into the NPL for the first time. It's it's going to be a situation where it's a year of consolidation for them. The senior players they have got there are going to be really, really important because they've gone young with their recruitment. A lot of players they've brought in are all very, very young players. So the likes of Naoke Maeda, Duncan Short, we were mentioning um, a couple of the other guys as well in the side as well. Um, Kristen Waters, Russell Packer, Russell Parker, sorry, and Zach Maltby. They've got a little bit of experience. Tim Jackson at the back as well, but they've gone young and it's it's going to be very, very interesting because, they're again, they're a team which I agree, they're going to be a, a tough team to beat, particularly at home, and they're going to be a real nuisance value for what they can achieve. And again, if they can get off to a good start and get a couple of wins on the board, they could be a team which surprises teams. So they're certainly not a team to underestimate. For sure. All right. That is the NPL segment of our preview. And I am looking at the clock and I'm well aware we've been talking for just over an hour now. So we might go lightning round through the Thank FQPL goodness we didn't do one. the interviews this year, which we do apologise <laughs> to not do. Various reasons why we weren't able to do them, but we haven't got the interviews this year on our season preview. We will hopefully bring them back next year. I'm in the interest of transparency. The reason we couldn't get to the interviews, Super Bowl, sickness, cruises, and in my case, children. <laughs> well, child. That about sums it up. <laughs> yeah. So we do appreciate the clubs for getting back to us, but in all honesty, it just... February's, spread ourselves February is a very, very tough month with, with everything. So yeah, we do apologise. I'm sure, and we're sure we'll get out to all the grounds and, and uh, have to all the relevant coaches of the year, I think. I think it's... Well, yeah. Well, you two will. I'll be commentating from a booth at Cooparoo pretty much all season, which... We're reminding all things I didn't like said on this show were said by you. That's what we'll be telling you. I've got the bus marks on my back from the last few years anyway, so it's fine. All right, let's go lightning round through uh, FQPL1. Uh, Brisbane Strikers. Expectations. Sky high, astronomical, or universal. Adam? Oh, it's now and ever for them. If, if, they, if they, with the squad that they've assembled, I know we said this last year, uh, but there were a few issues with players sort of the, who end up, you know, sort of leaving before they even kick the ball <coughs> in the striker in the strikers' colours. If they can't do the business this year, uh, I, I don't know with them. I, I really don't know where where to from here. So it is now or never. I expect them to, but uh, but yeah, I think expectation will be sky high, and so it should be. Yep, Scott. Yeah, it should be it should be through the roof. It's been through the roof for pretty much every year they've been in the FQPL from their perspective, and they continue to fall just short. I think the players they've brought in is probably the best collection of talent they have had in their FQPL era. But it's just one of those where it's a very very tough lead to get out of the FQPL as the, as the strikers can well attest. The last couple of years they have probably had the best squads on paper in terms of pure names and their ability, and it hasn't quite worked out for them. So. Hopefully, for their sake, this this is the group of players that can do so. It's a very experienced group. There's no doubt about that. They've gone all in in terms of experienced players like Adam Edgar, Cameron Nairn, Jared Tyson, Jake McLean, Sam Cronin, Luke Plummer, Matt Thurtell. It's an experienced group of players who've all performed at the MPL level. So it should be the group that gets them back to the MPL, but we'll have to 
Have to wait and Dave see. Dave Cronin and Matt Thurtell, that's the combination. Uh, if, if that fires, I think there should be no problems getting back to the promised land of MPL for strikers. Indeed, and Daniel Carew taking over as coach. Uh, let's go to Broadbeach, who look pretty good on paper, but how good will they be, Scott? I think they'll be very, very good. Again, I think we've already seen teams... The, the blueprint is there from what some, some Surface Paradise did, where they went, did what Broadbeach did in the FQBL2, although Surface finished it off at the end of the year, and they went on and finished top of the league this year, or last year in Surface's case. I think it's a very good group. They've added plenty of good players to that group as well. They've picked up, again, a couple of the Surface Paradise players. So I do think they are going to be very, very competitive, and they've already shown that they can compete with teams in this competition in terms of their pro series results. So I think they're going to be a team well and to keep an eye on the likes of Connor Smith as well will be a huge addition for them yeah that was the name I had circled as well Connor Smith he is a true playmaker uh, for the NPL or in this case FQPL side and will be a solid addition Adam yeah I, I think that Broadbeach I think they're going to be the other ones I think that are going to be the, the favourites to um, make make the uh, the leap up uh, I think yeah that it, it might, it's I think the outstanding thing for them is that it's mostly the same team as last year. That that core team that went that went 20 games um, perfect, or three games without out defeat uh, in FQPL two and wrapped up the title. Then kind of fell away a little bit. But uh, but yeah. But also as well, you had Adam Powell in in uh, in defence and sorry in midfield. You had Connor Smith in a, in that sort of midfield as well in an attacking role. Uh, they are going to be. They're going to be a handful. I think they. They're also going to be a very, very uh, big chance of getting out of FQPL. Indeed. All right. Moving on. Kabulcha. Uh, let's go. I think it's your turn to go first here, Adam. Uh, Arnie Magic out at the Snake Pit, or will it be more frustration at Morton Bay Central Sports Complex? They're they're very very interesting prospect, Kabulcha. Uh, because I think yeah, Paul Arneson has brought has put together a, a pretty decent team at um, at Caboolture. Whether it has longevity to be able to compete for finals or even promotion is to be seen. But they they, they will be they'll be tough, and uh, and they've already got a big scalp on the board taking down uh, taking down Redlands in the Pro Series again. You take the form line uh, as you will for Pro Series, but certainly, if anything, uh, it will be confidence that they can max it with the best, and I think they are going to be uh, a, a good chance. Scott? Yeah, I'm a fan of Paul Arneson as a coach, and however good he, that team can be, he will make them that good. They're, they're a team which has got a lot of experience at its FQPL level, and they are a club which has the ambition to get to the MPL. It didn't go through the process of upgrading the Morton Bay Central Sports Facility up there to be an FQPL club. They want to be an MPL team, and I'm not necessarily sure this is the year for them to do that, but I think they certainly will take steps forward, and as good as Paul Arnson they can be, Paul Arnson will make them that good. Yep, indeed. Uh, Kapalabar, over to you, Scott. Can they get themselves back up after a couple of seasons in FQPL, or is it just going to be asking a little bit much? I think it might be asking a little bit much for them this year. I think they certainly have bottomed out after their NPL success the first couple of years and they bottomed out in the in their last year where they got relegated. And last year they were okay. I think this year they'll be a competitive team at the FQPL. It's, it's just, as I said, 
it's a very, very hard league to get out of. And they've recruited some pretty good players there. Byron McLeod will be a very, very good player. Keep an eye on him, potentially as a golden boot contender to score goals for them. So they'll be competitive. But no, I don't think this is the year for them to return to the NPL. Yeah, I think best case for them is sneaking into the finals. But I, you just compare some of the other teams that they have on their... <coughs> like, on some of the other teams that they'll be going against for those promotion spots. And it just feels like it's a step difference. Adam? Yeah, I just think that yeah, yeah probably a good solid mid uh, mid t- uh, mid table team. I just think they they lack that um, that real X factor. As, as Scott said, Brian Byron McLeod's probably the one player that you say could probably step out and really sort of you know, you know put his name up in lights. But I just think yeah they just lack that quality uh, as as far as well. Uh, that's yeah to really sort of you know challenge for for the uh, finals or promotion. They do have. They have brought in some decent players as well. Donny Kalouris uh, from Southside Eagles is one that I know you've got your eye on, Scott. Yeah, he scored plenty of goals for Holland Park and Southside Eagles in this competition, so he will certainly be a nice complement to that attacking group they've got. I think he played in the first game. I did a solo call for for FQ back at Holland Park. He, I Random think he, I'm sure he was a former. Yeah, before Southside Eagles, I'm sure it would fit. Yeah. It would. It would fit the timeline. Yeah. The, uh, it was Logan Holland Park back in March 2019. Anyway, uh, getting back on track, Easts. They were <coughs> relegated out of the NPL last season with two wins, three draws, and 17 defeats, uh, finishing 10 points adrift of 11th placed Olympic. Bit of a change in the side. Uh, Jack McAnally, Rafa Villado, and Reese Raymond all departed. Jim Bellis comes in as a head coach, replacing Matt Chandler. But they brought back a couple of... Uh, Notable names. Ibrahim Yango is the most, uh, I'd say, noteworthy signing. But you've also got Emmanuel Ifaka Onosiake from Brisbane City and Olympic. Jackson Rossi from Rochdale. Matt Melville, uh, also from Rochdale. And Cody Ostrike, the backup goalkeeper from Lions as well. So, uh, something to keep an eye on. And Adam, what are your thoughts on Easts? Yeah, I think I think they could have a very solid team, but I don't see them getting back to MPL at least this season. Uh, Jim Bellis, very very experienced coach, the uh, in the inaugural winning uh, Olympic coach from uh, eleven years ago. Uh, so he's been around. He's been around for one of the revered names, and probably might have been a bit stiff not making. Uh, not making the uh, Mount Rushmore coaches, as our good friends at the uh, subs bench <laughs> put out. Uh, it's another name we'll discuss it off air before. But um, yeah, look, East positively. But oh, oh yes, I think it's a great idea. I don't think we disagree. <laughs> we like I don't think it's enough. There's enough uh, for four. But any, but anyway, I digress. But um, but yeah, I think East they'll be there and about. I think they've, they've got a a good side. But I think it's going to be another year in F, FQPL for them. Yeah, it feels like it's all about consolidation and just stabilising things out at Heath Park, Scott. That's exactly what I had written down in terms of it's a consolidation year for them. I mean, they had three or four very good years in the NPL. They are a club which will certainly get back to the NPL one day. I'm not sure this is the year, again, it's a hard league to get out of, and this is a year where it's consolidation. Again, they've got some very good players there. And if Abraham Yango can play the full season and play to the very best of his ability. He could certainly be a player who could fire them further up the table than you would think, but I think it's going to be a year of consolidation at Heath Park. Yep. Uh, 
yeah, that's pretty much all I have on them. Uh, Ipswich FC, the club formerly known as Western Pride, but now with the merger of Western Pride and Ipswich City Bulls, and they came up with apparently the Miami Dolphins colour scheme for the... I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, just, I, I knew you were going to say that. Well, we've been working together too long, so you talk about Ipswich FC then. Well, it's a very similar team to what Western Pride were, wasn't it, in terms of they've got the new name, but there's not a lot of other changes there for Ipswich FC. And they were <coughs> a mid-table side last year. They were... Some some weeks they were very good, other weeks they were a little bit mid, a little bit average. But I think the likes of Mitch Bird could, could come in. And we saw last year he did bring a bit of experience to that group. So the addition of him and Tom Alton in the mid-year transfer window helped them. They'll have a full year of those players will certainly help, but... There's a lot of players there from the Ipswich area who we're not familiar We'll have to go and chat to our good friend Liam out there from the pit to get some in- intel on some of these young players from out there in Ipswich. But I Just think quickly, it's going to be a Scott, case Scott. Yep. We were going to invite Liam on to tell us all about the Ipswich FC, but we wanted to keep this podcast under three hours because Liam would have gone on a monologue that would have rivaled one of Adam's best ones. It couldn't have been any longer <laughs> than what Adam goes on with Morton Bay, but we'll certainly have to find out from, from Liam exactly the strengths of this group because it's a team that... I don't know too much about, but they've got some, a couple of players out there, including James Goomenau, who've got a bit of experience. I so will see how they go. I think they'll be certainly more than good enough to stay in the lead. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, the announced goalkeeper uh, signing of Patrick Oman. Oman? Oman. Uh, I'll have to clarify that before I get a Western Pride game, but he, he could be interesting it's as well. It's a game. Yeah. You won't, be, you won't be calling any Western Pride games. I can guarantee you that. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna make those mistakes all season long. I can guarantee it. Although I'm hoping I won't be anywhere near as heavily medicated as I am to get through the last hour and a half. Adam, save me. Yeah, uh, very very interesting process. You never know with these merged uh, teams where, where they're sort of going, what what's you know going on. There's some good good veteran presence, uh, Tom Alton and James Kumanau especially in there. But uh, yeah, I just think that they they seem to. Uh, be sort of st- as far as their recruitment went, sort of stuck, sort of st- standing still. Whereas I think others have improved, and I think they may struggle to to uh, get out of uh, 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 sorry of, of staying in uh, FQPL one. Yeah. All right, that is Ipswich FC. Um, let's move on to Logan Lightning. <coughs> as I cough up a lung. Um, Hey, I'm here to cough up along. You just keep hosting. I'm doing what I can. All right. Um, <laughs> well, let's go for Logan Lightning. James Coots and Rick Coglin, the announced co-coaches. Uh, pretty experienced duo. They've experienced plenty of success. And I'll see if I can find another way to say experienced when talking about the signings of Liam Goulding and Matt Schmidt, just to name a couple. Uh, they've also signed Josh DeMarco from Surfers Paradise, Jace Hudson and Arthur Antonis from Brisbane City, Jed Brown, who aside from a brief stint at Olympic for the first part of last year, is largely part of the furniture at Cornubia Park. It looks like it might actually be a half-decent side that they're assembling there, and I feel like, just looking at my prediction, I might be sleeping on on them a little bit, Adam. Uh, I think they are a very, very good chance. Uh, Certainly finals, finals contender, promotion... Very, very well could be. Uh, so that, I think defensively, if that def- they've got a very, very good defence. We know how good Matt Smith is as a left-back. Uh, Liam Goulding uh, coming back from uh, Gold Coast United, and they, they were absolutely 
lights out last season. That that defence for most part, uh, and and notes they have some uh, very very uh, established names uh, like a Jeb Brown, a Connor Simpson, uh, as well as another one, and and some young players that are, are coming uh, that are coming through. They'll be better off for the season in FQPL. I think they're a great chance. Okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah, I, I, I certainly would not be sleeping on a waiting stretch team, Matt Jason James. I think they are a team which look like they could be primed to return to the NPL. I think it was very, very unfortunate they were relegated in the circumstances that they were a couple of years ago, but that's in the past. The players they've got this year under Rick Coughlin looks like it's going to be a very, very good group. Likes of Matt Schmidt, they're the experience that he will bring. I know you talk about a lot, but you mentioned what you were saying, but the experience he will bring will be absolutely in, invaluable to them. And there's some very, very good players there, like of Brandon Reeves who returns, and I like, I really do like this Logan Lightning side. You've got to remember last time Rick Coughlin coached this Logan Lightning squad in a full year in the FQPL, he won it. So he knows how to get out of this competition. I think they're a team that if you're over, I think if you're not considering them for a top two or three finish, I think you're well and truly overlooking them. Okay, well that's good to know. Um... As James now goes and quickly changes his predictions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's just move a couple of names around here. Um, and while I'm doing that, let's move on to Morton City Excelsior Part 2, the ace in the hole. I think that's the full club name, Mr. Mayor. Oh, he's written that down and brought that one <laughs> out. I, I wish I actually... No, because if I actually wrote it down, it would have been delivered much more smoothly instead of without the... what am I? How am I going to land this plane uh, line here? But quite a bit of change for this team as well. Lachlan Moon, the goalkeeper... Uh, who was a backup with Penn Power, a couple of players from the former Moreton Bay under-23 sides, uh, Reese Raymond from East and Keelan Crawford from Mitchelton. It's going to be a different-looking side in more ways than one, Scott. It is a very different side for them in terms of to now the Moreton City <coughs> excels to your name. But, yeah, some, some younger players here from the Moreton Bay setup, and that's not really a surprise either when you think about the fact that it is now one club. If you've got a situation like this where you can blood some of your better under-23s players at this level, it's not a bad idea for them, and it certainly seems like on recruitment that's the direction they have gone. The likes of Reese Raymond and Caelan Crawford add a bit of experience to the group, but I think it's going to be a very interesting situation, because again, at the halfway mark last year, Albany Creek Excelsior were a team in around the top four, potentially pushing for a promotion to the NPR. Now obviously, that we know that given the merger that was never going to happen, but they were certainly a team who at the midway mark last year were very, very competitive and the young players they've got could be very, very interesting to keep an eye on. Adam? Yeah, they, I think they're, they're going to uh, struggle a little bit, I think, as far as the foreign position goes. Like, they certainly have got the players to be able to to sort of, you know, to, to be more than a handful for some of those teams above and around them. But uh, I think overall, it's, it's going to be tough. I think not having that carrot of, you know, not being able to be promoted because of the uh, because of the rules around uh, the, the merger, I think that that's sort of, that may, if they sort of start, start results go against them, that may sort of drop them off. Uh, yeah, club legend Paul Mikula, uh is is the uh, coach for the team I think they'll they'll, they'll, uh, they'll perform well but I think yeah the final result I think it's going to be more about the performances rather than the actual table position yep alright let's see if we can rattle off these four clubs in relatively short order because we do have to get to our predictions and quite frankly I want to go eat some dinner and lie down uh, Mitchelton yeah they ju- <laughs> they had a dramatic ending to the season last year shall we say uh, late, final game win 
save from relegation at the time, but it turns out the restructure also would have saved them had they not have won that game. And there's been a pretty solid overhaul as well. Jason Podgy, the new coach. Um, I, I'm trying to find a reason to be optimistic about Mitchelton. It feels like I'm just relying on an awful lot of projection here, though, Adam. Yeah, uh, they're 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 gonna they're gonna struggle. I think. Uh, I think the to be honest, I think that the restructure probably did them no favors. I think this is probably they're probably more akin to an FQPL two team. Uh, again, the same thing as I said about Ipswich. I think that their recruitment sort of doesn't fill me with much confidence as far as being, you know, compared to week in week out. Look, I'm sure that they'll they'll put in some performances and they'll they'll shock a few teams as they all would. This is again from top to bottom. FQPL one is going to be a very competitive competition, but you but your destiny, like your performances, is over 26 games, not over a couple. So yeah, I think they're they're going to struggle. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, that like that's the delicate way I'm saying. Just looking at the recruitment, like again, they're well much better players than me. I will say that much. Uh, but you look at you recruiting from Souths, North Star, the Mitchelton and Twenty Threes. A number of players who in the social post were saying they're coming back after a year off. I just can't see them getting off to a good start. And short of a mid-season transfer window miracle, I just I feel like they're going to be playing catch up all year, Scott. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's the case. Unfortunately, for Mitchells and they struggled last year in FQPL and finished bottom of the competition. And it's again the, the demise of Surface Paradise, who dropped down to FQPL three, and also Sunshine Coast Fire, who just we don't even mention them on this show. We're not going to go into why they're not in the competition, but they're not here either. But because of that, that's why Mitchells are still in FQPL, and I think they're going to have a. They'll be certainly competitive, and they'll certainly pick up their share of wins. But I think it's going to be a tough year. For them at Travel Park. Yeah, I certainly don't think they're going to be terrible and win uh, two, two of uh, two of twenty-two. I think they'll win their fair share of games, but I think again, it's going to be a consistency of being able to, you know, to get that twenty twenty-five points or so that buffer to to get to be safe. I think they're just going to fall just short. Yeah. Uh, moving on now to St George Willowong, uh, Alex Simmons and Jacob Fulop. They're the two big hopes for uh, this side as well just looking at the announced squad it's another side that I feel like is going to be in the bottom half of the table I'm just trying to project and find reasons to be optimistic they'll win a couple of games here and there but I think for them it's going to be more about stabilisation and survival above all else what do you think, Adam? I think St George will. I think they'll be a little bit better than than that. But I, but certainly I think that yeah, year one at FQPL one. I think after their yeah, promotion, promotion from FQPL three, and then or, or the Brisbane Premier League as a callback. Then FQPL two, where they finished second to a runaway uh, Broadbeach last season. I think this is this is probably their level for the time being with the squad they have. I think mid-table for them. I, I can see them being competitive with the likes of Yara, Kapalabar and Kabulcha, but I don't know if they, they can match it with like the, the top the top Sharks in this league. Yeah, I think they're certainly going to be better than that, James. I think with what they've brought in, they've certainly got the ambition to get to the MPL one day. I'm not sure it's this day that they're going to get there because, again, it's a tough league to get out of, but I think they've got a very, very good group and they'll be more than competitive in this competition, somewhere around that mid-table area. I think they'll be pushing for finals. I'm not saying they're going to get to finals, but they'll certainly be pushing for it, and they'll be a very, very stable FQPL one side as they now take the next step from being a stable FQPL club to push towards 
the MPL somewhere down the line, but they'll be they'll be more than more than at the level at FQPL one this year. Yep. All right. Uh, Southside Eagles, second last club. Nikola Bugasic is probably the most notable name in this uh, squad as well, Scott. Yeah, they they pulled off the great escape last year. Again, it ultimately was not required because of the restructuring, but they went and won their last four games to get survival in FQPL one. And the scenes that Scenes at Memorial Park when they won that final round game were something very, very special. I'm sure those players will remember for the rest of their careers. So for them to be able to do that, they've always been in this at this level. And they've, they've been a team of te- people expected to drop away each year, but they keep finding a way to stay in the league. I think it's going to be more of the same from them this year. They'll find a way to be competitive. They've lost Oyun Park and others to other teams further up the, up the leagues, but they will find a way to, to get the job done because that's what Southside Eagles always do. So I think they'll find a way somehow to stay afloat in this competition, but they're a team who've lost to their better players. There's no doubt about that. I know how they will find a way to do that, and that comes down to Mark Wills, who had mm. a really good run with Wynnum last season as well, and that is a very solid addition, and that might be the key factor at that club going forward. Adam. And also, Mark Wills is going to have a point to prove. Uh, uh, sort of, it wasn't the most... Um, it wasn't the most, let's just say, amicable uh, separation between Mark Wills and Wolves last season. And while Wolves are MPL-bound this season, I dare say that Mark Wills is going to be very, very motivated the squad he's got, which, look, doesn't have the, the big names, but, again, a good, solid team is what you know, Mark Wills has pretty much built his reputation on over the last few years with, with Wolves. So I, I think that you'll see they'll go all right. Speaking of clubs that I'm expecting to go all right, Southwest Queensland Thunder. I, it's the best talent from that region with a couple of uh, pretty solid imports as well. Mirko Crociati, who I think has become a pretty uh, notable cult figure in the local Toowoomba sporting scene. I've got, a, I've got quite high hopes for the way this side has been built heading into the season, Adam. Yeah, I think that they're, they're perennially always going to be a chance I think, in this in this uh, in this division. Uh, yeah, like I said, Mirko Crociati, he almost would be uh, would get a statue next to Clyde Berghofer. I think uh, the, his, his contribution, if he can get him to MPL, it might be just uh, on. I think that's how popular he is. Got got a good supporting cast around him as well. Uh, you know, players like Wes Hall, Jordan, uh, Jordan Howard, uh, Luke Patel, <laughs> and Jason Debortley as well. I think it's a very, very good core group. Uh, some young, exciting uh, Toowoomba-based products as well as to, to fill out that squad. I think uh, Sam Gayen. I think he's, he's got Big Sam's got a good side up there. And I think that they will certainly uh, be competitive again with them. They, they, they're obviously. Toowoomba's tough place to go to get points. They need to to get points down down here in in Brisbane and surrounds. I just have one little nitpick. Look, most of the time I'm all right doing the remote commentary, but I do really miss the day trip up to Toowoomba, right, Scott? I was going to say it's a very good place to go and do some uh, co-commentary as a as a one-off for me. But it is a very very tough place to go to play. It's only about that the weather conditions up there. If you are playing there in the winter, about five o'clock and the fog rolls in, it can be a very, very tough place to go. The only question I have with Thunder is, have they missed their window to return? Because they've had the squad for the last couple of years to return to the MPL, and for whatever reason, it just hasn't quite worked for them. They've still got a very, very good squad here. They'll be a contending team. I just don't. I just wonder, have they missed their window in terms of 
the players they've lost, like Sefeko Sarugo's come down here and amongst others. So have they missed the window of their best group getting back into the MPL? That's the question, but they'll be very, very competitive at this level, no doubt about that. Indeed. All right. Um, well, I guess there's not really a whole lot else we can say other than it's prediction time, which means we're going to annoy some clubs and players. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if we get if if we get the reaction we did that we did of the women's, I think we're off a few uh, Christmas uh, Christmas lifts. I think. Yeah, well, I, hey, it's what it's what we do. But we've got a special edition uh, for the NPL and FQPL one men's predictions. Not only will Scott, Adam, and myself be predicting giving our predictions of the ladders. I've also done a random number generator ladder. So I assigned every club oh, uh, in alphabetical order, 1 to 12. And then I went... So you asked ChatGPT to do your homework, is what you're telling us. I'm saying we've got four ladder predictions instead of three for this one. Oh, so we'll see <laughs> who is closer come the end of the season as well. And and Adam just has this massive look of regret on his face. But, hey, look, we've got to have some fun yeah. with this, right? Oh, I don't problem with that. It's just, oh, I'm worried about losing to ChatGPT. Yeah, we're going to yeah, lose Yeah, that's, that's what I'm worried about. I'm going to be out of a job. <laughs> well, the only intelligence on this show is artificial, so... Oh, uh, good point. But, uh, and it wasn't ChatGPT, it was Google Random Number Generator from 1 to 12. No. So, anyway. Uh, what do you say? We start off with the FQPL1 uh, ladder predictions. I will give mine first, going from 12 to 1. So I've got 12th, St. George, 11, Mitchelton... 10 Southside Eagles, 9th Caboolture, 8 Morton City Ace, uh, 7th Ipswich FC, 6th Capalabar, 5th Easts, 4th Logan, 3 Strikers, 2 Southwest Queensland Thunder, and Broadbeach in first. Oh, there goes, right, our, uh, there goes uh, our budget on security. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not that big. I don't need, I don't need a bodyguard uh, any more than well, don't, normal don't, adult size. Don't, don't go near Willwong then. <laughs> Again, I don't get sent to grounds anymore. What can I say? Um, That's actually my most local club in the leagues we cover, by the way, now St. George Willow. So you leave my local club alone. <laughs> I've never been there, but you leave my <laughs> local club alone. All right. Um, do you guys want to go first, or should I give the hat predictions? Yeah. I'll go next. Okay, Scott, you're up. So, all right, so 12th is Mitchelton. Uh, 11th is Morton City Excelsior. 10th, Southside Eagles. 9th, Capalabar. 8th, Ipswich. 7th, Caboolture. 6th. St. George Willowong, 5th Eastern Suburbs. 4th, Southwest Queensland Thunder. 3rd, Brisbane Strikers. 2nd, Logan Lightning. And Broadbeach to win the league for me. Adam. Okay, uh, in uh, 12th, Mitchelton. 11th, Ipswich FC. 10th, um, Albany Creek of Morton City. Uh, 9th, Southside Eagles. 8th, uh, Caboolture. 7th, St. George Willowong. 6th, Capalabar. Fifth East in the top four, Southwest Queensland Thunder in fourth, uh, Logan in third, Brisbane Strikers second, and Broadbeach to win it. So we all had the same four teams making the finals then. Pretty much, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, now the random number, number generator ladder from bottom to top, and again, which is really just James making sure he gets two two shots at this so he can say one of his two predictions is correct. But go ahead. Oh, these definitely won't be correct because the random number generator in twelfth place has Logan, eleventh place Brisbane Strikers, tenth place Broadbeach, ninth Easts, uh, eighth Morton City, 
7th Ipswich FC, 6th Caboolture, 5th Mitchelton, 4th St George, 3 Southside Eagles, 2 Capalabar and 1 Southwest Queensland Thunder. So if that is right, like 1 to 12, we will shut down the show straight after the final uh, whistle of the season. Deal? Yeah, deal. Yep, we're out. That's it. We're out. Okay. I'm feeling pretty confident in that prediction. Uh, let's move on to the NPL Queensland as well. And I'll put my neck on the line again first. I'm going to say 12th, Redlands. 11th, Sunshine Coast Wanderers. 10th, Brisbane Roar. 9th, Rochdale. 8th, Wynnum. 7th, Olympic. 6th, Lions. 5th, Penn Power. 4th, Gold Coast United. 3rd, Morton City. To Brisbane City and in the shock to absolutely nobody, Gold Coast Knights to win the Premiership once again. Adam, uh, yep. you can go next up this time. Yep, for me, 12th place uh, is Brisbane Raw. L- 11th, uh, sorry, just read my writing. Uh, 11th I th- will be Redlands. 10th, Wolves. 9th, uh, 9th will be Sunshine Coast Wanderers. 8th, Olympic. 7th, Rochdale. <laughs> Sixth Brisbane City, fifth uh, Peninsula Power, uh, fourth um, Morton Bay of uh, Morton Morton City, uh, third will be Gold Coast United, second Lions and uh, Gold Coast Knights to win. Scott, mine's pretty similar to Adams actually. Are twelfth Wynnum Wolves, eleventh Redlands United, tenth Brisbane Royal Academy, ninth Rochdale, eighth Sunshine Coast Wanderers, seventh. Olympic, 6th Brisbane City, 5th, I'm going to duck because it's Morton City, Excelsior, <laughs> sorry, Adam, then it's Peninsula Power, 4th, Gold Coast United, 3rd, Lions, 2nd, and Gold Coast Knights to repeat the Premiership in 1st. There we go. Alright, so those are our predictions, and now... And they're the grounds we're not, not welcome at from, from 5 through 12, right? <laughs> Something like that. Alright, here is the random number generator NPL prediction. 12th place, Sunshine Coast Wanderers. 11th, Olympic. 10th, Penn Power. 9th, Morton City. 8th, Wynnum. 7th, Rochdale. 6th, Lions. 5, Brisbane City. 4, Brisbane Raw. 3, Gold Coast United. 2, Redlands. And the Premiers still wound up being Gold Coast Knights. <laughs> even, even the generator. Well, it's got one thing, it's probably, it's got one thing we agree with them on. Yeah, that, that is about the only thing that I think I landed on and went, yeah, okay, that's probably right. Well, that and Gold Coast United... Uh, making the finals but anyway look we've got to have some fun with it right we've been doing this for eight seasons now give or take yeah something like that all right um well i think that is going to be it for this edition of the brisbane football review um we will say as well this is going to be our feature show for the week because adam is just back from his holidays and scott and i are battling illnesses as well so um that's pretty much all i think uh i'm going to be up for this week as well (laughs) as scott coughs up a lung once again that's me agreeing with you yes so uh we're not really going to have any time to recap the raw game coming up uh raw games that have just gone we all say good luck to the matildas in their olympic qualifiers as well get out to suncorp stadium this friday night and also get out to your local npl and fqpl grounds because there is nothing like local football uh looking forward to going through another surely eventful season as it Uh, progresses right through to September and we'll be here to cover it all on the Brisbane Football Review. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. The Sunday Show will be back this week, by the way. Thank you, Adam. Yes, thank you and good night and we'll see you Sunday night.
Yes, we cannot wait. It is going to be a fun uh, season for sure, and we'll be there for all the highs, lows, and everything in between. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. Thank you for listening. Good night.